0: This is a Soulfire production. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another incredible episode of Under the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney, and today's guest is really, really cool and fun. We did a podcast swap. I loved going on her show in my non expert opinion podcast. I'm having her on today. And Chelsea is just such a light and honestly has given such a space for entrepreneurs and women. To talk about all the different facets that kind of surround our lives. She's a mindset and podcast coach. She loves helping creatives and coaches entrepreneurs that launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. She hosts the top rated podcast, In My Non Expert Opinion, which has garnered over 100,000 downloads, covering the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, the fun and chaos of travel internet, culture, and of course, money. So without further ado, please welcome Miss Chelsea Rife to the show. Welcome back to Under the Influence podcast. I am your host, Whitney Eckes. And today I am here with Chelsea Rife. I am so excited to be talking with you today, Chelsea, and just to dive into all of the manifest and coaching tips that you have to offer, girl. I'm I'm stoked about it.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me
0: yeah, absolutely. So Chelsea, I want to start from the beginning. How did you become you know this manifest coach? and what does that what does that really mean? Like to someone that's listening that maybe doesn't really know what manifesting is or what it takes, um, I'd love to have you share a little bit about what you do and how you got started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So about four or five years ago, I was going through a really rough patch of my life, like many people when they have a catalyst for change. It was usually from a rock bottom moment mine was a weird rock bottom because it was actually a moment where I thought I had everything I wanted. So I was making really good money in my sales career. I was living in Chicago in a luxurious apartment, downtown high rise Lake view, like everything checked off on the list, but mentally I was not in a good place. And now contextualizing that part of my life, I realized that it was because my, I didn't have it. I wasn't grateful for anything. I was just like expecting something to always fill a void, whether it was a new couch, a new mattress, a new apartment, whatever the case was. So I just remember going through this rough patch being like, well, clearly material items are not fixing this. I need to do some inner work. So I started going to therapy and therapy absolutely changed my life. Highly recommend everybody has a therapist.
0: Therapy. Therapy
1: (laughs) for the win. Still in weekly therapy. It's my favorite thing. Um, the therapy really opened my eyes to the fact that my thoughts are not facts, which seems so obvious. But when she pointed that out of, you know, why does your mind always go this way? and why do you why do you have these thought patterns that tend to be so negative? and like you're in the losing position in all your stories? And she just taught me the importance of choosing my own story and choosing different thoughts. So this was not an overnight thing by any means. This is like four plus years of, weekly therapy, journaling, thought work, podcasts. I mean, I've done every self-discovery tool you can think of, birth chart readings, human design readings, like everything. And I finally got to this point, it was interesting at my corporate job where I would see this pattern with a lot of people of just like doubting themselves, imposter syndrome, et cetera. And my friend and I actually presented at a corporate retreat, the importance of mindset. And I remember loving that. It didn't even feel like work. I was like, this is so much fun to talk about this stuff. And clearly it's resonating with people because we were teaching really practical things. Mm -hmm. So that always just stayed with me as a really um, valuable experience. And then eventually I got to a point where I was like, I want to work for myself. Um, I know this podcast is called Under the Influence. I actually worked for an influencer company for six years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was in the whole influencer world, not being an influencer, but working for a software constantly updated on the influencer world. And I noticed how all the influencers were creating content that they loved. And I had a background in that. So I was like, why am I not using my skills and mindset strategies and all these things to create my own business? And then maybe like many people during the pandemic, you have this self-realization moment where you're like, what am I really doing with my life? And at that point I had moved to Australia. I was just traveling around on an eat, pray, love journey. And it was during lockdown, during the pandemic, where it really hit me. Like, you need to make this a real business. You mm-hmm. need to start teaching people the importance of mindset, energy, manifestation, etc. So that's how it started. And I was a bit of a long answer, but that's how it started.
0: No, oh, I love that. I mean... I honestly am walking through a really similar journey in 2020. I was diagnosed with, um, severe anxiety disorder and depression. And one of the things that I wanted to do is walk through it holistically. Um, and I chose to do a lot of this thought work and same thing, a lot of therapy and the mindset thought patterns and shifts have been really hard at times, but also really, really impactful because it really does, like you said, it's, it's all about self-discovery. It's all about analyzing like why exactly you are thinking this way about yourself or about your life or all those different things that you just touched upon. So tell us a little bit about manifesting. I want to, I want to hear it directly from you because I feel like manifesting is now this trendy word that a lot of people slap on a sweatshirt or including myself, we totally did manifest that shit sweatshirts during (laughs) during the pandemic. But like, I, I want to hear from you, from the expert, what, what does it mean to manifest? And what does that term, you know, what does it actually mean?
1: Oh my gosh, this is like my favorite question to answer because I also agree. It became this buzzword last year and I have a very strong opinion about it because wow. I was reading articles of how people were portraying it. And it was basically like, think positive thoughts and your life will magically change. That was the watered down version. But then I remember reading an article in a very well-published uh, magazine that was, it was so one-tracked and small-minded mm-hmm. and like very close-minded. I was like, what's going on here? Like, where did this definition come from? So if I could put it in the most Simplest of terms, my way to, to explain it would be visualizing it plus action is manifestation. And I think people put the word on a pedestal. So they think you can only manifest a designer bag or a new job or yeah. a guy or a or you know, whatever. And I'm like, you if you think about doing laundry today and you do it, you just manifested doing laundry. If you <laughs> think about taking a shower and then you go take a shower, you manifest taking a shower. I am so big on definitions and what words mean that if you if everyone wants to stop right now and go Google the definition of manifestation, it is to bring something in your mind's eye to reality. So that's why I use the shower example and the laundry example because we do that every day. I think another great example is going to a meeting, right? When you have a big meeting, you don't just go in unprepared. You're like, okay, who's gonna be there? I need to dress a certain way, I need to have a presentation ready, I need my notes. I'm thinking about how this meeting's gonna go. And then I'm gonna go do the meeting. And because I prepped for it and thought about it, I'm gonna probably nail it or at least not completely flop the meeting. Mm-hmm. So you just manifested a great meeting. Now, the issue is again, people have now slapped it onto only being about material possessions and items. And I think it got kind of caught up in this web of, I call it like bubblegum manifestation, where it's yeah. just like, almost toxic positivity of yeah just be positive and you'll attract everything you want in your life including a chanel bag and a louis vuitton and that's manifestation and i'm like i'm not okay with that uh definition at all Mm -hmm. so yeah as you can see i'm getting like fired up about it but i think it's just visualization action and like believing that it will happen for you that's manifestation
0: i love that i mean i i feel like you're so spot on i and i i feel the same way about like you know, the whole trend that was like the girl boss trend. Like I talk openly about that, about this, like all of a sudden it became like, like you even said, like a bubblegum word. Like it was just carelessly thrown out everywhere. So kind of, okay. So let's, let's get back to your business. Let's get back to what you do. So how do you help and serve your clients?
1: So last year when I started my business, it was heavily focused on the mindset and manifestation content. And I wanted to show people the power of their thoughts and choosing different stories. So I created courses, master classes, and um, private client mentorship where we worked one-on-one to identify, uh, or in the group programs, to identify where are you now and where do you want to be? And then what are very practical action items to get there? Mm-hmm. My whole business is run on like practicality, things you can easily integrate and action items. I hate if I would hate if someone came to a workshop of mine and was like, I don't know what she's talking about. And that all sounded like fluff and I can't do anything with it. (laughs) That is like my worst nightmare. So I'm like, I know this is, again, the problem with manifestation content. People are like, just surrender. And you're like, well, what the hell does surrender mean? Like, I need an action item for that because humans, we need like steps laid out. So that's what I did for like the first six months of my business was let's break down all these esoteric and vague concepts and make it very actionable for your daily life and just see what happens and how we can move forward. So that's what I did for a while. Then I focused just on private clients for most of 2021. And just in the past few months, I've now started actually podcast coaching because I realized the power of podcasting. I've had my podcast for four years. So that's something is now a new segment of my business where I'm running. um, I'm teaching people how to launch a podcast, how to interview, how to book guests. So that's a really fun piece of my business now. And just experimenting with what I like. I think we're all multifaceted human beings. And... I know you just launched a new product and I'm sure that was like a whole new baby for you. That's how I feel about business is like, I don't ever just want to be stuck in one thing. So now I'm really focused on self-expression and mindset of like, why do we have trouble really saying what we want to say or dressing how we want to dress? Um, And those are things that are really, I'm really passionate about right now. So that's my focus now is like mindset, self-expression and podcasting.
0: I love that. So do you have like any like, like tangible tips for maybe an entrepreneur that's listening right now? And they're like, I want to go out and maybe start my own business or I have the side hustle. I would love to hear something that's a little bit more tangible because I think you're so spot on. And like, we hear all these things. They're very vague. You know, surrendering is like, like exactly. I, I, like, I felt that in my heart because like, When my coach is like, you know, we need to be in a state of surrender right now. I need you just to receive. It is, it is the hardest to wrap your mind around of like what that looks like and what that actually means in terms of like doing or action or things like that. So we can, do you have any tips that you want to maybe share that are a little bit more tangible?
1: yeah, so I think because I know your audience is probably either new entrepreneurs or maybe a few years into business, mm-hmm. I would say like a very tangible thing. I guess what would be more helpful too is there like maybe a subject or a an issue that you see a lot of your audience deal with?
0: Yeah, so let's maybe do like how do I know how do I know when to start or how mm-hmm. do I know when to make the leap from like okay. my maybe it's like my career to like my side hustle or like going full time in my side hustle?
1: okay. so If I could do anything over my business again, I would have practically made a savings account that was just for my business. Mm -hmm. I did the thing of like, take the leap of faith and everything will work out. And I was like, holy shit, I have no money and I need to get a website, graphic designer, a VA, like all these things. And I had to take out a lot of different credit cards, ask my parents for money. I was using tax savings. That in my opinion, was not the best way to go about entrepreneurship. If I would start again, and if anybody even has a side job right now or a full-time job, create a new bank account or savings account, name it what your business is and start funneling a bit of your paycheck into that so -hmm. that when you have a certain amount of money in there, you can feel comfortable in making that leap or that jump. Now, that's that's a great, great tip. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. I feel like I messed up was like thinking like, Oh, the money will just come. I'll have an amazing client base fresh out the gate. And I was like, I don't even have money to like get zoom software. (laughs) Like I was (laughs) so broke when I started my business. So I think that's big. And then also when, like, when do you know, I don't think there's a perfect time, but I do think it's safer when you have the pot of money to fall back on versus Mm -hmm. scrambling. And you're like, oh my God, that's when we hide. And we're like, see, it didn't work. I shouldn't have done it. Instead of being like, actually, I saved like a good chunk of money and I'm going to keep experimenting until until something sticks.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I kind of want to go into, first off, I I think that's genius. I think that there's a lot of free advice out there that is very, like you said, like it's vague you know, like, Oh, you you'll know when to jump or just start when you're 95% ready, which is like, I, again, something that I truly believe in, but I also believe in to like, do your research, like look at your funding, look at your budget. Like, where are you going to go next? Like, what is like, what are these key measurements that like, you're going to be able to achieve or what goals are you going to be able to hit? So, so let's talk about like knowing, because I want to hear your thoughts on like intuition in business and like, how to walk through a mindset that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, come up against where it's like the fraud mindset, not believing in themselves, not having that trust or that faith to take the next step or the next leap. What, how do you help your clients with those kind of mindsets?
1: Yeah. I would say the biggest thing that I try to tell everybody is like, find evidence to counteract the thought that you're having, which mm-hmm. in a professional sense is called reframing. So for example, Someone, this happens all the time with my new clients. They want to launch a program or course and they're like, oh my gosh, but it's so similar to that one girl that just launched this or I feel like I'm copying this girl. Mm -hmm. And I ask them, okay, I want you to pinpoint that exact person you're talking about and whatever their business is or their class or their course. Now I want you to go out and find literally five to 10 things that are just like it because I guarantee you'll find a hundred. And I want you to pinpoint what is it about those things or about the course that you invested in that you think you're copying that makes it different than the others. It's probably the person's personality, their price point, their branding, their perspective. We're all actually talking about very similar things just in different ways. It's not that unique to talk about business or wellness or branding. It's just we're talking about it in our own way. But somehow people think because one person talked about astrology, they can't talk about astrology. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense as humans. The Everything in my podcast queue right now is pretty much all the same type of content, but mm-hmm. I like one because they're funnier. I like mm-hmm. one because they're really practical. One has short episodes. So that's what I try to try to tell my clients is like, you need to go find evidence that whatever thought you're having isn't true. So that's from like a copying or I, I, I'm i not unique standpoint is no one's, that, and I hate to burst everyone's bubble. No one's like that unique that they're... <laughs> that their ideas are like unheard of. It's just that they're presenting them in a different way, or they found a really innovative or disruptive way to go about marketing it. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not that unique to talk about X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. So finding evidence is so crucial. Um, I just did that with a client this morning where she didn't think she was gonna um, get a certain certification. And so we we laid out the facts. I'm like, take your thoughts to court. Like, can you present this in a court of law? And would this hold up without feelings or emotions attached, which is kind of hard for me because I'm actually very emotional and sensitive, but I'm like, you actually need to look at the thought patterns that you're having and find anything to counteract it because our minds love evidence and data. And it's more believable. And I, I would recommend that finding one thought that's like 10% different that you can believe in versus going from like a, a good example is money, right? Instead of like, if you're struggling with money right now and someone's telling you just Write out, I am a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't even have money to pay rent next month. I don't believe I'm a millionaire. Maybe switch the thought to, I will have enough money next month to pay my rent versus I'm a millionaire, because that's at least more believable than going from, again, no money to pay rent to millionaire. So those are a few yes. things that I work with on my clients.
0: I, I love that because I, I, I'm the same exact way. I actually have a photo album in my phone of evidence. Um, and it's like, Oh my God, it's amazing.
1: (laughs) It's Um, a screenshot. And it's like all my client testimonials and DMS. And I'm like, it's a folder of evidence.
0: It's a legitimately, it's a folder of evidence. It's accomplishments, or it's even like photos of things that like made me happy or like specific achievable moments that like meant a lot to me. And I remember when I was walking through this mindset shift with my coach last year, that was the hardest thing was the Was the affirmations for me, because for some reason they didn't, they didn't sink and it Mm -hmm. felt almost, um, like not integrous, but like it, it didn't, it didn't hold weight for me. And like you said, like, if I were to sit here and be like, I'm a millionaire, like it, it doesn't translate. Whereas if it's like, Hey, I'm going to hit my revenue goal by the end of this year. And here's what it is. And that's going to lead me to ultimately being a millionaire one day that feels a lot better. Right. And it feels more believable or more realistic. And I, I love that you touched on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's true. I think the affirmations thing, it almost does feel like you said, like you're lying to yourself sometimes because our, and there's science behind this too. Like our brains are just trying to keep us safe and protect us. So if you're saying, I want to be a millionaire and you don't believe it, there's something popping up there with your nervous system or your mind. Mm -hmm. That's like, well, why don't I believe I'm going to be a millionaire? Is Mm -hmm. it because I can't handle what I'm currently managing? Is it because I've seen other millionaires go down in flames? Is it because, you know, whatever X, Y, Z is, and it's just trying to keep you safe. It's not like anybody inherently would say no to a million dollars. It's just, there's something in your sphere of reality that being a millionaire is either so out of the, again, like 5D world. You're like, what's going on? I can't even recognize that, that you need to just remember. It's not like you're uh, negative or lazy or not motivated. It's just like something in your mind and your experience made you think it was unsafe. And Mm -hmm. let's uncover that. and, And again, work with believable thoughts.
0: Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. It's so good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned, broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. (laughs) Get Super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive get super has been featured in forbes us today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by yahoo finance also you guys get super has helped me with my anxiety it helps me sleep better at night i've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey and honestly this company was a just passion and project of love because of what i've gone through and what i've walked through with my own depression and anxiety i hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. I love that. Believable thoughts. Okay. So I want to take this and I want to transition it over into social media. So obviously on this podcast, we talk a lot about the power of influence. Can you share with me what you're seeing right now in the social media landscape and also to, you know, how is that impacting entrepreneurs or people with businesses?
1: So I feel like what I'm seeing right now is it's, there's a mix of like really amazing things happening and a lot of harmful things happening. Sure. I feel like the most harmful thing right, right now that's happening is missing context. So people make a lot of snap judgments on someone's picture or photo or reel without considering the context. So here's an example: someone's on vacation in Bali, and automatically you assume they have a million dollars, they flew there on a private jet, they had no issues. But you know Bali's amazing X Y Z, and you're just like, wow, would be so nice to be her. Do you have the person? Did you did that person vlog their entire experience from like checking in? the airport? Was it a smooth transition? Did they have to get COVID tests? How, how much of a nightmare was it actually to get into Bali? Do they, did they actually use cash or did they have to take out a credit card? Did their parents give them that trip? Like there's just no context. And I noticed people will automatically put people on pedestals and they don't even know them. And I'm like, again, unless you have access to their financial reports, have a private investigator on them and know all their life experience, secrets, factors, and education. How can you make all these assumptions about them? Like, it's just impossible. And so I just tell my clients, and I have to remind myself this too, is like, what context is missing here? And I don't think it's necessarily, okay, yeah, we all need to be listing out all these things when we go traveling. But I think there's this harmful narrative that life is perfect. If you just go exercise and walk outside, you'll be a millionaire and you don't have to worry about anything. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, please share that you went to therapy and that you Mm -hmm. invested a lot of money in a private coach to get you there. It wasn't just journaling every morning that worked because that I think is not helpful. Um, so I think that's what's missing. I think what's going well is that people are opening up about that. On the flip side, I'm seeing a lot more posts about people's mental health and therapy, what they're investing in, how much they're doing it and how it's actually um, helping them progress through some of the things they're working with. Mm -hmm. So that's just from like a content perspective of like the content I'm seeing is people being more open about mental health and what they're going through. Um, And I also see it's interesting a disconnect with people either loving reels or hating reels. Yeah. And people are like, yay, short videos. Doesn't take that long to make. This is funny. I can show my personality. And then there's this other group of almost introverts that this is like their worst nightmare. And they're like, I'm not funny. I'm not entertaining. I don't know how to do this. What's happening. And I, I can see a lot of people now almost like wanting to get off Instagram because they're like, I can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So I just find that a really interesting observation. It's a very like black and white thing going on right now, the reels.
0: Yeah. What do you what do you think about TikTok?
1: Okay. I was not on TikTok earlier this year and I was like, no, not for me. Like, <laughs> not at all. And then I got on it and i spent like hours on it dying laughing. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, maybe I do need to be on it. So I've posted like five videos, but recently I just actually did a course on social media and they were just raving about TikTok and the algorithm and stuff. So now I'm trying to get more into it, but I'm like, I need a social media manager. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so I, it's funny cause I was just on, um, a podcast earlier this morning and we talked about the transparency on social. And I think it is so incredibly interesting that we are now seeing a shift in dynamic from the overly curated, super kind of in your face feeds to more and more people talking about their mental health. And I feel like from what I've seen on TikTok versus on Instagram, there's a lot more realness, more raw sense of humor, more behind the scenes on TikTok than there is like on Instagram. And I, I even feel that way too. I, I remember I did like this kind of a little bit of like a, I don't want to call it a rant, but I, I spoke openly on Instagram, you know, leading up to get super, I was heavily promoting like all of my achievements in business and everything that I've done. And the reason behind that is, you know, to lead up to this launch for Get super, it's a marketing campaign. And I remember like people like DMing me and being like, Oh, like I could never do this. Or how do you do it all? Like, this is so incredible. Like you're so talented. And I was like, you guys aren't seeing me having like five mental breakdowns along the way. You guys aren't seeing me like completely crumbling, like into my boyfriend's arms and being like, I, why did I, why am I doing this? And I feel like that part of social media, like, yes, there is some transparency and a lot of people are starting to become transparent, but I, I love what you said about the snap, uh, the snap reaction or judgment when someone sees something or sees someone going to Bali, because I feel like that is so true. And we do that so naturally, almost like it's second nature that we just assume. And mm-hmm. it's so false. And that part of social is so heavy and unhealthy because it's such a human nature to just be like oh they have all their shit together
1: mm-hmm. it's crazy it's all from a photo we just assume they're financially well off spiritually well off, mentally like we just assume they have all things firing firing on all cylinders and i always just think of like the wheel of life is never 100% balanced, you know, with health, yeah. finances, marriage, like there's all, you're always in a different phase. Like we're very focused on our careers right now. There's going to be a phase where I imagine I will be more focused on family. Then I might be focused on health. Like who knows? I'm always focusing a little bit on one of those things, mm-hmm. but to be thinking that everybody's a 10 out of 10 out of 10, just because they went to Bali is irrational.
0: Sure. Sure. Totally. So let's chat about influence. Let's talk about influencers. Obviously. I love that you worked at an influencer agency. That's pretty cool. Tell me what does influence mean to you?
1: To me, influence is having the power to even influence one person. I guess the influence piece, the definition would be more of like, I guess it would almost just be sharing what you know And believing in it so much that you teach or educate or inspire someone else to, to take your lead on that. So for example, I know the way I'm thinking about it is so from my influencer work of like, (laughs) you know, a product is in their hands and they promote it and they sell it. But I also think, um, this is such a random example that came to mind, but I remember being really, really sad one day it was after a breakup and I went to this Pilates studio And the guy, the instructor came over and just helped me like correct my form. And he just did it in such a gentle way. And it was so caring and attentive. And like, even the way he just, um, like, I don't know, he just felt like, ah, like something's off. Let me go over and pay attention to her. Yeah. I remember being so influenced by that, that I ended up buying like a six month package of the Pilates studio. And I'm like, it's just because of how that person carried themselves, how the space looked how they were very in integrity of what they were teaching that I was like, I was influenced by them. And so I find that example to be really interesting. Doesn't have to do with social media, but I do think there's a, a presence in influencing.
0: I love that. So tell us a little bit about how you feel like your clients and or brands have, you know, like a heavy influence on who they're communicating with on social.
1: Yeah, right now there's one message I keep sharing my clients that's like the more you you are, the more influence you will have. Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening it kind of goes back to our earlier conversations of we see someone do well, and again it's just human nature. Well, they did well. Let me back out how they did it and just try to recreate it. Well, again we're not taking into account their life experience, who are they around, who they surround themselves with, what access to capital do they have? Like we don't take into account any of that, and then we try to just clone ourselves to be that person. And then we're missing out on our unique special talents and gifts and ways that we pursue things. And so I'm like, you will have much more influence when you do this thing your way and the way you want to do it with your personality perspective than just by trying to be a copy and paste version of that other person. So that's what I really think is the biggest thing to harp on is like, again, the more you, and when I say you, you are, that is a vague concept, but I'm talking about sharing the messiness, the silliness, the quirky, the fun, the weird, like, and that sounds cheesy, but it's true. There's one of my clients I'm thinking of her so specifically. And she had kind of has this like theater background, like musical background, very like Broadway Yeah, and she shows that in her reels. And I can kind of see her like showing it and then like hiding it and showing it where she's like, Oh, Aww. I just feel like it's too much. And I'm like, please go full throttle with that because (laughs) that is what people need to see. And whenever she does, she does see like an uptick in engagement and stuff. And I'm like, because you're influencing people with your own gifts. So that's what I would say to them.
0: I, and I, I love that because I feel like, okay, so if we go back to like the fundamentals of social media, like it was literally created for people to make new friends. It was really created for people to meet new people in their full transparency online. And I feel like we forget that. And again, if we go back to this conversation that we keep like, or this theme of conversation that we keep talking about where it's like, you know, social media has become this highlight reel where we all show our best, best selves, but there's, it's almost a turnoff for our communities and our audiences mm-hmm. because it's like, it doesn't, it feels like I don't know you, or it feels like I don't yeah. really know who I'm watching here. Cause I'm only getting you know, a third of like what you're putting out there. And I love that she, I love that she shows that I hope she, she, like, she shows more. And even like from my own story, like, you know, I've been doing this for like the last like four years and really working on my personal brand. And it wasn't really until, you know, 2020 and my mental health journey and even launching it super that I just kind of was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share everything. Cause that's part of the story of how this product launch. And I felt such a deeper connection with our audience and with our community than I've ever felt before. Um, and I, you know, it is, it, I mean, it's, it's totally because of the rawness and just the real story behind everything. And it, it's encouraging to also see that too, when people come back to you via social and they're like, you know, I related to this, or I feel like, you know, I could talk to you about this or, they feel like there's a real person behind this whole curated brand that we're putting out there. And I I love that. I want to see more of that.
1: Oh, same. And I've been thinking about this of like, why is it that we all know like filters aren't real. And we know Mm. if someone's only posting inspirational quotes and motivational things all day, that's probably not true, but we still believe it. Mm -hmm. And someone was mentioning this on a podcast and they're like the millennial generation grew up with this kind of weird, like we got into social media around college, right. Maybe before or after. So it was like, we, out, we always had like digital digital cameras and we were out at the bars and the clubs or like MySpace and this and that. And then, All of a sudden, it was like we had to turn into performers in a way of Mm -hmm. like, oh, I need to edit this photo. Wait, Mm -hmm. I need to show that I'm on vacation. (laughs) I need to show my perfect relationship. So then it turned into like, oh, Instagram is this place for me to like almost put on this character and be this thing where Gen Z grew up basically with phones in their hand. And that's why I think the TikTok thing is interesting because they're like, who cares? Like, let me show you what's going on. Cried all day today, but then got my shit together. Like, it's just so fascinating to watch the generations use social media. Yeah. And I do think it is, um, it is something that our generation millennials, we're trying to like kind of decondition out of this perfect feed. Everything has to be a lesson and everything's a teaching moment. It's like, no, today sucked. And that was it period. Mm-hmm. I have nothing mm-hmm. else to say. And that's that like, it's okay. If you want to share that too.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Chelsea, we're going to we're going to dive into some rapid fire questions here. I got a couple for you. Excited. I'm, I'm excited I'm excited to hear your response. So, tell me your let's see. What's your like best go-to self-love or wellness practice?
1: Right now, it's self-acknowledgment. So, what you do is you take out a piece of paper and at the end of every day, you write down everything you want to acknowledge yourself for. Oh. And I don't even care if it's doing the dishes, folding laundry, brushing your hair. Try to almost be silly about it, like how ridiculous you're acknowledging yourself for. And you'll probably make a whole page of things, but it feels really good. And I know, especially I was living in Germany the last year. I just got home a few weeks ago and I was in lockdown, a very strict lockdown during the pandemic. Oh, wow. And I remember being like, I am so lazy. I have no motivation. I'm not taking care of myself. And then I would do this exercise. I'm like, what are you talking about? You do like 30 things every day. You need to give yourself credit. So I do think if you're struggling right now, this is a really awesome exercise.
0: Wow. That's, that's one I definitely need to implement. I feel like that would be good at night. Like, right. Like before bed.
1: Yes. Like brain dumping and just giving yourself credit. I always say, um, pretend you're writing like a PR pitch for yourself, like every night. And it's actually (laughs) really interesting to see what you'll come up with.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. What about your favorite podcast you're listening to right now?
1: Right now I'm binging this podcast called you up. It's a dating podcast. Yeah. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah. I just got out of a relationship like a few months ago. And so I'm like really into dating and relationship podcasts right now. So that one's really interesting. It's all about modern dating.
0: Fun. Okay. Love that. We're going to have to bookmark that one. What about any books that you're reading right now?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so interesting because I, I buy books all the time and then I read 10 pages and I don't finish <laughs> them. And then I download audio books and I'll listen to like one hour and I won't finish it. So I'm like, Chelsea, you need to sit down and finish a book. So I feel like I'm reading a book right now about astrology, but when I say reading, that is a very loose air quotes. Like I'm looking at one page a week. <laughs> so that's what I'm reading. It's a little Some, book about the sometimes
0: that's what it takes. One page a day, you know,
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. It. Um, what's the book called? It's called actually like the little
1: book of astrology, so Aww. or zodiacs I think, and it just is the very basics of the planets and the houses. I'm I'm really getting into astrology, and I was like, this is a nice little like cheat code to have.
0: Sure. What is your sign? Now that we're on the topic,
1: I'm an Aquarius Sun, and then mm-hmm. a Virgo Moon and Rising. For anybody that you know wow. wants to go deeper, yeah.
0: I am. I think I am. Let's see. I'm a Sagittarius Rising. I think I'm a Taurus.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Versus like luxury beauty. Yeah. um, My
0: my dad's a tourist. So I'm like, I'll, I'll take it. He's a good guy. I love that guy.
1: Yeah. I was (laughs) like, when you like find someone with a similar sign, it's a good person. You're like, well, they're, they're good. So I must be good. too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I love it. Okay. What about, um, a business owner or somebody that you look up to or really admire as like, almost like a mentor or someone to look at? Oh
1: my gosh. Right now I am like fangirling over Michelle Pelazon. She runs Holisticism. She has created an incredible community of intuitive entrepreneurs, but is so focused on diversity, anti-capitalism, accessibility. And she teaches mm-hmm. all this in such a unique way and constantly provides free value that she's someone that I really look to into how she runs business and how it's so different like we're talking about astrology, but then we're also talking about acknowledging land that you're on. And I'm like, I've never heard of a business owner, like being so intentional and focused on really bringing in the cultural things that we need to bring into yeah. our business, but yeah. then also integrating human design and astrology. So yeah, she's doing an incredible job. And I'm like, I'm in her membership. I'm investing in all her courses. I love her.
0: I love that. Well, Chelsea, you have been so much fun to interview and to bring on the show. Where can we find you? How can people work with you? Give us all the info.
1: Oh, it's such a blast. You can find me pretty much. It's my name everywhere. dot at Chelsea, Rife. And my podcast is called in my non-expert opinion. I talk about the stuff I talked about today. And I always throw in some solo episodes about travel and my personal life and some really fun interviews, which you're coming on soon. So yeah, you guys can check it out on Apple podcasts or Spotify.
0: Amazing Chelsea. Well, thank you for going under the influence with us.
1: Thank you.